Welcome to episode number three of the 222nuggets.com podcast. My name is Ken Mucha, your host. With each episode, I'll be sharing with you several proven real estate nuggets. I'm hopeful that with each episode, you can learn something new and unique that you can customize and apply to your current marketing needs that will help you grow your business. In this episode, I'll be discussing three nuggets from 22nuggets.com. Number one. Inner games and challenges against yourself, self-motivation techniques. Number two, what is the purpose of your call to sell the house? And number three, the zany new construction stories. Thank you so much for listening, and I always welcome your feedback and comments. Please let your fellow realtors know about the 222nuggets.com podcast. Let's get started from the 222nuggets.com website. Number one, inner games and challenges against yourself, self-motivation, tactics. The little games and challenges in your head. Throughout your day, you have to constantly challenge yourself and your mind. How fast can you return an email by calling or emailing back? How fast can you return a text message? Can you do it in five seconds or 10 seconds from receiving the message? You really want to surprise and shock your clients that you are available and on it. Sometimes they feel like I want to call before they actually hit the send button. Wouldn't this be awesome? I call so fast sometimes that they can't even remember hitting the send button. They were always surprised by my extremely fast response and really appreciate it. If you are competing with another agent for their business, which you often are, you're going to have to have a competitive edge in getting their business by being extremely fast with your response. Another idea is to actually answer your phone at any time of the day. Yes, one, two, three, or four in the morning if you are awake. They will never expect you to answer your phone as most agents will just let it go to voicemail. Regardless of the day, time, holiday, or odd location, always try to answer your phone as often as possible. Respond to email, call, or text super fast. A big success is to simply answer your freaking phone. You should always make it a challenge to yourself to not let it go to voicemail. This is huge as clients will love that you actually answer your phone when they call a majority of the time. Clients will be impressed and thank you for your prompt response. You will find that most buyers and sellers will go with the agent that is available and actually answers their phone. Here is an example of a client I talked to on the phone and then immediately sent her a list of homes that matched her criteria. Quote, so great speaking with you and I love, love, love you being on top of it. Close quote. A voicemail message I often hear on other agents' phones is that they're going to be busy all day and they will be returning all their phone calls and messages from 5 to 7 p.m. I would never do this as it drives me crazy when I hear this message. This is a classic example of how easy it is to lose a client's business and never knowing really why. You will always have time to return phone calls throughout the day, even if you're out with clients and showing property. Having a message like this just screams that whoever is calling the agent, they are not important to them, and this agent will try to find the time to call them later. Look at this as an opportunity to get more clients and leads. If I was a buyer, I would call another agent that I can get a hold of now that can answer my questions immediately and show me property today and not on the agent's time schedule. To summarize, 
Throughout your day, you have to constantly challenge yourself and your mind. How fast can you return an email by calling or emailing back? How fast can you return a text message? Another idea is to actually answer your phone any time of the day, one, two, three, or four in the morning if you're awake. Regardless of the day, time, holiday, or odd location, always try to answer your phone as often as possible. Respond to email, call, or text super fast. A big key for success is to simply answer your freaking phone. You should always make it a challenge to yourself to not ever let it go to voicemail. Never leave this voicemail message on your outgoing message. I will be busy all day and will be returning all of my phone calls today from five to seven. Having a message like this just screams at whoever is calling the agent. They are not important to them and this agent will try to find the time to call them later. Look at this as your opportunity to get more clients and leads. Number two, what is the purpose of your call to sell a house? Goals of a call and what are you trying to accomplish? Here are important key points. Build rapport, display knowledge, experience, and expertise. Show clients why they should use you as their buyer agent specialists. Display confidence in knowing the market and that they need you and not just the internet to find them a great deal. Refine and narrow client search. Prepare them for what they should expect based on their price and criteria. Offer additional areas and adjustments in their search to get more homes or adjustments to narrow the number of homes they're receiving. Utilize your lead sheet even if you have been in the business for several years. It will keep you focused, on track, and help you not to forget a critical question. Determine time frame to purchase. Are they looking to buy in 30 days or less, three to six months, six to 12 months, one to two years, or three plus years? If they are looking in 30 days or less, put them in your hot list ASAP and add all of their contact information to your cell phone or address book so when they call, you'll know it's them and you can answer the phone immediately. Always ask if they're planning on visiting the area in the next few weeks or months. If yes, schedule an appointment with a client and put them in your schedule with a day and time to meet, even if they are not scheduled to arrive for a few months. It's always important to get them comfortable and connected to you as their agent. You always have to remember that most clients will talk to several of their agents, so always being committed to them and extremely prompt and fast with any questions and calls that you receive from them. Qualify clients, can they actually buy? Are they paying cash or financing? If financing, have they talked to a lender or do they need a lender recommendation? What is your max price? How did you come up with this price? Can they actually buy in the area based upon their max price and areas of interest? Be honest and direct if they simply can't afford to purchase in your market. They may not want to believe you or possibly get mad at you but you really don't want to spend your valuable time with a client that can't afford to purchase a home in your area. In some cases, they will have a very short window to find them a house due to price appreciation. You need to let them know this so they have a fire lit under them to be more motivated and less picky to get into a house. As an example, I have used on various occasions is this. You have about three to six months to possibly find a house before the housing market prices go up 
and you're priced out of the market. I will aggressively look every day for you to find a good fit, but you must be ready to move and react lightning quick when these opportunities arise. It may also take you several offers to get one accepted due to our competitive market and due to multiple offer situations, so it's pertinent for you to stay patient and always be ready to strike fast. Again, use your lead sheet as your guide. Ask them, what are your likes and dislikes? Ask them to describe their ideal dream home. Deep probing buyer questions. You don't always need to do this on the initial contact, but you do want to attentively listen, take notes, and ask these deep questions typically on the second or third phone conversation and after you've already made good rapport and they know that you are there and they remember you when you call them. To summarize, the goals of the call and what you're trying to accomplish. Build rapport, display knowledge, experience, and expertise, refine and narrow your client's search, determine time frame to purchase, always ask if they are planning on visiting the area in the next few weeks or months, qualify your clients, can they actually buy, ask them what are their likes and dislikes, ask them to describe their ideal home, and ask deep probing buyer questions. Number three, the zany new construction stories. In a moment, I'll share with you five true life examples that have actually happened to me. Here we go. Number one, client calls me at night, extremely upset after a few drinks. He said he measured the garage foundation with his laser measure and it was not the extra length that he paid for. He called again the next day and remeasured with an actual tape measure and the foundation length was actually correct. The laser tape measure was pointed incorrectly. Number two, a different client calls me at night extremely upset after a few drinks. I can't make this stuff up. It was actually the next day after client and item one above happened. He went to the house without the builder's permission and noticed that all of the exterior doorknobs were brass and not nickel plated that he paid for. I talked to the listing agent the following day and discovered that my client was correct about the brass knobs. However, what I discovered is that all of the brass exterior doorknobs were temporary cheap knobs and the nickel plated knobs were not scheduled to be installed for several months. Number three, a client decided a month or so after the home was started that he wanted to add a bonus room over the garage and he was willing to pay for the upgrade. We asked the builder and they said no since they already applied for the building permit without the bonus room. I reread the entire contract in the fine print and could not find any clause that prevented us from adding an upgrade at any time in the building process. I presented my argument to the builder's principal broker by stating your contract does not restrict us from adding this upgrade at any time in the building process. I won this argument and the change order for the upgrade was signed and approved by all parties. I noticed on the builder's updated contract that a section was added specifically addressing this upgrade issue. The principal broker I talked to called this the new mochu clause in their contract. Yes, it does feel good to win battles from time to time. Number four, a client visiting the site every week or so noticed on several occasions that other homes and subs working on their homes, but her home really had anybody working on it each week that she drove by. 
In the construction process, the builder does not build one home at a time. It is always done in phases and when they can get their subcontractors at the homes. I did explain this process to my client. The ironic twist in this case is she was pretty much spot on as her home sat for over a month with nothing done and no progress. After waiting for six months of on again, off again work, we pulled the plug on this deal from the builder and moved on to another house. And number five, I met with my clients and the listing agent at the model home to write an offer on Sunday at 4 p.m. The house was available for sale with no pending offers. Once we completed the offer, the listing agent said the seller would be accepting and signing the offer on Monday. On Monday morning, I received the good news that my offer was accepted by the seller and received the signed ratified contract. At the end of the day, I received a call from the listing agent with some bad news. She said another offer came in before us and was accepted already by the seller before our offer was signed and accepted by the seller. This absolutely floored me, but I kept my composure and simply asked the following question. So you actually saw the seller's signature on the other offer and it was signed and dated before our contract was signed and dated, correct? She said yes and offered us the opportunity to buy the same house on another lot, but it would not be ready for four months. This simply was not going to work for my client's timing since they were doing a 1031 exchange. I immediately called my clients to explain the situation and said I would get to the bottom of the situation one way or another. We in essence had a situation where the seller accepted two offers for the same house. I'm not privy to the other offer and the exact time it was signed, but the next day I pushed the principal broker to provide me with written proof. The next day went by with still no documentation or proof. I then decided to reread the entire contract and found an interesting clause in their contract. It was a request for an additional document allowing my clients to have seven days to have their attorney review all of their documentation as a contingency to the contract. The next day I had my client sign this request form and sent this to the listing agent. I was hopeful this would cause a stir and let a fire under the builder's superiors to either provide me with proof or do something about our situation. Later that day, the principal broker did call me and apologize. He said they made a mistake and my clients did get our offer signed and accepted before the other offer and that we were in first position. My clients were still extremely upset and did not want to deal with this builder and continue forward, but they were under a strict 1031 exchange deadline and did not have a lot of other options. We did eventually close on the house with no other issues or hiccups. Thanks for listening to the 222nuggets.com podcast. Please share this podcast with your fellow real estate agents and subscribe to get the next episode as soon as it gets released. As for now, I'm Sami Nath. This is Ken Mucha and have yourself an awesome day. This is the 222nuggets.com podcast.